And we're just boys. We're just boys. And we like beer. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. We like Blondells, IPAs, cider stouts from the USA. We're just boys. And we like beer. And we're just boys. And we like beer. Welcome into another episode of the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. My co-host, as always, the Mayor Steven. Find him on Instagram at Southern Bling Beer Reviews. The Sage Wayne. Find him on Instagram at Wayne's Beer Delivery and on YouTube by the same name. And your surely producer and humble correspondent Chase. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Nutmeg to Palmetto, gentlemen. Tis the season for pumpkin beers. What do we think about that? I don't like pumpkin beers. <laughs> You're not being very festive over there, Mayor. <laughs> I thought I'm the one supposed to be the one that doesn't like stuff. <laughs> you know, pumpkin beers, uh, they are interesting for sure. Um, I wouldn't want to drink them year-round, but hey, you know, tis the season. It's getting a little cooler out. Um, there's a... Uh, pumpkin spice things everywhere so why not i've always felt that like pumpkin beers can be very polarizing because if done right they could be absolutely delicious if done wrong they could be absolutely appalling so uh what's the first one we've got to crack open here well considering that they are all coffee pumpkin ales I think you should go first, just since because, I don't like coffee. <laughs> no, because you have been wanting to try this particular brewery, and I'm not going to ruin it for you, but you've been wanting to try this particular brewery. So you started off, Mr. Producer. I have been trying, wanting to try this one, and a big thank you to you, Mayor, because I've been salivating at uh, at seeing Great Notion beers on Instagram for a long time, and. Um, now I finally got a chance to try one, so. That's what, the, one of the greatest things about this community is sharing beer. You know, I trade beer all over the place. I've got friends all over the United States, and we share beer a good bit on this show. So, cheers to beer traders. Cheers to beer traders, indeed. Amen for that. It's a very uh, loyal, supportive community there is online. That is absolutely for sure. I guess the best part of waking up is a coffee <laughs> pumpkin beer in your cup. That's true. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. This definitely smells like coffee. I smell the cinnamon. Right at the get-go. It's interesting because I taste more of the cinnamon. Mm. You know, there's a taste I couldn't quite put into it until I read the can. It has a little touch of ginger in it, which I think that gives a little bit of an extra bite to it. Ginger? I'm the ginger. <laughs> <laughs> Is that me? He's talking about. He's talking about the. Kind of looks like you. <laughs> it does, and uh, since we are an auditory show, I will describe the uh, can design. It's. Uh, I don't know if that's just a polo shirt. It's supposed to be like a jailbird outfit. Kind of looks like a jailbird outfit to me. That was my first uh, inclination. So it's a big giant jack o' lantern head 
dressed in a uh, black and white striped polo type of shirt, and he's holding his nice mug of Morning Joe with some steam coming off I of it. I think that's more supposed to be more like a flannel shirt because if you look at a lot of their their can art, a lot of it is like Axeman, like wood themed. Axeman. Yeah, like, <laughs> and even the logo on the back. And I think it's oh, more yeah. of like flannel because all the, like the sour beers they do, they've got the guys wearing the flannel shirts and um, I got a great IPA from them one day and it was this little girl in flannel pajamas and she was climbing up a tree. So maybe we could dig a little bit deeper on that. It could be. And they are from Portland. So what screams Portland <laughs> yep. besides uh, flannel shirts and beards and timber folk? My first thought was um, since it is the fall season, it's a football referee, black and white stripes. <laughs> but flannels work too, you know? Yeah. I uh, I feel stupid right now. I forgot to introduce what the name of the beer was. It's called Obligations of Autumn. Very uh, creative type of name for the season. And uh, as we've already gone out, gone in a little bit on the ingredients, there are pretty uh, <coughs> bless you. There are pretty um, seasonal type of ingredients in here. You got your vanilla beans, coffee, cinnamon, as we've noted, ginger, clove, and nutmeg. Nutmeg. <laughs> Oh, there is their logo. It's a flannel bearded Axeman. Axe yep. <laughs> well, they are from the Pacific Northwest, so you know a lot of trees need to be cut down up there, I guess. It <laughs> could be. And that's behind our little uh, jailbird flannel pumpkin head, man. There's just a sea of timber trees. Um, what do you guys think about the ABV on this? It's 11.6%. Does it say smooth or does it hit? I never would have guessed that high of an ABV. I was thinking more like about... Eight, eight and a half percent. Yeah, definitely cannot distinguish that high of an ABV to me. And I honestly, I brought the can and didn't even know that it was that high. I'm drinking, as, as I continue to drink this down, I'm getting that the flavor profile is kind of changing more to a vanilla, <clears throat> vanilla tone. Not here. I'm still getting the chocolate, it seems, or the... You got something coffee completely and cinnamon. different from us. Well, I am completely different, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mayor, what was your uh, continued taste palette on that? I still don't taste anything other than a strong cinnamon. Strong cinnamon. I mean, just a, like a little bit of chocolatey notes. Um, That's closer to Wayne's steak. <laughs> and that might be from the grain, depending on what they use, but... See, even the little alien. And the viewers or the listeners can't <laughs> see that, but. It's a little green alien with his eyes popping out of the flannel top. And he's wearing a, he's wearing a flannel shirt. shirt. So I, I've got to look into that and see because now I'm curious because every single one that I've drank is like that. See, even the pirate. The pirate's got flannel too, yeah. Yep. With cinnamon dipped apples. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> At least I can only assume as such. All right, gentlemen, what's next? All right, so coming back to the East Coast here, uh, what I've got is kind of like the, um, how do you say, you know, pumpkin spice lattes are, seem to be the rage. So Basic white girl drinks. So yeah. 
from Sycamore Brewing here in North Carolina, we've got uh, Pumpkin Latte Blonde, a blonde ale with coffee and spices. Okay. I guess we should note as well, like, what how the beers of each embodied the pumpkin theme. Like, the last one, we, we all had three different takes on it, and none of us said pumpkin. So, we'll see how this one goes. Well, the cinnamon and nutmeg is really the spices that people use to do pumpkin flavoring. Unless you do a pumpkin pie and you use real pumpkin. But the flavoring is usually nutmeg and cinnamon, and they call it a pumpkin pie. Sure. I'll have to look into mine because I don't know what was... You know, they don't have the ingredients on my can. Now, the first thing I'm noticing as Wayne's pouring this one from Sycamore is it's a lot lighter, not only than the one we just drank, but from traditional most pumpkin beers as it, as they normally are made. So it's a blonde ale. What? Yeah, it's a it's it's a blonde, so it's definitely lighter in the color. And since it's not an imperial, it's probably going to be about half of the ABV. <laughs> and Sycamore? Did you talk about Sycamore? I mentioned the name, but that was the extent of it. So they're just across the line, not far from South Carolina, family-owned in Charlotte, North Carolina. Pretty easy to find down there. They distribute a lot. They distribute all kinds of beer down here, which is great. Cheers, y'all. All right, so cheers. Cheers. Hmm. Right away, I smell the nutmeg and cinnamon. Oh, is that what that is? I could, yeah, it doesn't smell like cinnamon to me, so it's probably the nutmeg. Part of the echo. Had <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my face in a glass. To me, it just smells like a blonde ale. I, yeah, I'm not dis- I won't disagree with you on that. Hmm. It's got a flavor I'm, I'm, I, I know, but I can't place it. It's light. It's almost got a little coffee tinge on the back end, but it's like I wouldn't say coffee. <clears throat> Ginger, maybe? As in the root. The root, yes. <laughs> not, not, not my skin or blood. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at the can here. And to me, the taste doesn't, for me, I'm not tasting any coffee. I'm not tasting any cinnamon, you know, stuff I would equate with pumpkin beers. Um, But I don't really see anything. The only thing that's kind of funny that's on the can, it says, do you know that if you say pumpkin spice latte blonde three times in a row, a girl in yoga pants will appear to tell you what she loves most about fall. My next question would be that is she single? You'd have to ask her if you see her. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. This is a whole other topic. Are you in the market for a girlfriend? Oh. <laughs> this is a this is a good beer, but um, I'll be honest, guys. I'm really not I'm not catching the the pumpkin spice latte coffee 
pumpkin anything in this beer, but it, it's a good brew. I'm not yeah. either. Uh, I'm not either. It was I, like I caught a little bit of coffee on the way back in, but it was so subtle that it like didn't trigger that <clears throat> sensation from me. Yeah, I'm definitely not getting pumpkin from it, but it's it's a good beer. What's the ABV on this one? Let's see if it matches up to his prediction as half of the other one. Uh, 5.8%. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, roughly about half of the other right one. And uh, what's that? What's the can? It's actually kind of a um, unique can design on there. Well, you know, Sycamore Brewing... They do have a very consistent... Their, their logos, they have uh, a leaf, I guess, from a sycamore tree. Mm-hmm. And right below it is a coffee cup with... Uh, a little bit of coffee dripping out of it with a pumpkin in it. The pumpkin smiling and the coffee cup looks like it's trying to keep from laughing, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of hard to kind of hard to describe that. Laughing or vomiting or something. Something. Maybe they're glasses. Maybe they're glasses that fell down his face. That's true, too. <laughs> He's blind. The pumpkin well, blinded him. <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and say we need to get them on our books when we decide to cross over. Absolutely. Into North Carolina. I'm down with that. That's awesome. That would be a big gap. <clears throat> I'd say what's next, but you guys got some chugging to do. <laughs> well, I can't finish the great notion. It's just, it's, I can't do it right now. Ah! The, ma- the mayor is also the master of the dream for. <laughs> no. <laughs> I try not to. <laughs> Wayne's double fisting right now, too. Yep. <laughs> you know, for the first two we tried, the, um, like I said, the Sycamore, to me, it's a blonde ale with a little bit of spice, but that's all I'm getting. Maybe a little bit of the nutmeg or maybe just like a touch of ginger. Not quite sure. Maybe clove. But the great notion, man, I'm hitting the, you know, it's hitting the coffee. It's hitting the pumpkin spices. You know. Sitting the ABV too, but to me, it's a, it's, it's, you know, if I had to pick between the two, Great Notion's going to win over Sycamore on this one. Sorry, Sycamore. I mean, I know you guys are local and you have some good beers, but. The, the, the flavor profile didn't match up to what was selling. Right. What's next? All right. I have one that isn't really. It's a craft beer, but it's... They're a macro craft. Yeah. So it's... <laughs> and all the listeners out here, I may not be pronouncing it correctly. I know I've got a lot of guys that I hang out with that like this particular brewery. I honestly don't care for them a lot of times, but we'll give it a try. Elysian. This I is... Yeah, I don't particularly so much... I mean, the, the first one I had with them was, of course, Space Dust. Right, and I wasn't a super big fan of it. Although I probably liked it more than I probably would now because it was before I really went head and shoulders in. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a pumpkin, pumpkin instead of pumpkin <laughs> and cappuccino or cappuccino, however you say it. <laughs> pumpkinchino. Just don't say espresso. Yeah, <laughs> it's a coffee pumpkin ale. And there's, I'll go ahead and describe the bottle real quick because y'all were talking about that. It is a purple label, spider webs, 
a jack-o'-lantern that is holding a cup of coffee with his green hands from the vines, I guess, and he is smelling the coffee cup. Smelling, inhaling. Smelling, inhaling, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. And it says, a pumpkin ale with the attitude of a world-weary barista, Pumpkachino packs a short shot of Stumptown coffee in your pint with just a shake of cinnamon and nutmeg. Warning, Uh-oh. contains lactose. Oh, boy. Funny thing, it says for your pint, and it's in a 12-ounce bottle. Yeah, and a pint is 16. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. What's up with that, Elysian? <laughs> yeah, so is it, is it Elysian? Is it a lesion? Is... It doesn't sound right to my ears. Must be Elysian then, I guess. I don't know. Well, let's give it a try. I think I also kind of assume the the pronunciation because I think it was Gladiator. Um, And that they were always going to the Elysian fields so he could rejoin his wife and child. Mm -hmm. Um, uh Uh-oh. Uneven uneven pours? That's okay. Maybe not. For the listeners, uh, oh yeah, that's good. That's pretty consistent. Put the, put the rest in that one. <laughs> that one? Well, that one too. <laughs> the, uh, for I the, gave you a little bit more head than I was expecting. Well, hey now. <laughs> um, for the listening audience's viewing pleasure, we're back to dark beers. Although, if you hold up to the light, it's got a little mud of a slight amber thing, brown thing to it. Maybe brown. It's definitely not a. It's definitely not a blonde for sure. That's definitely. <laughs> Cheers, gentlemen. Six percent ABV. I smell pumpkin in this. Yes. Yeah, this is definitely more of your traditional pumpkin ales. Uh, Freaking macros. <laughs> so, Chase, you don't really like the coffee beers. How are you holding out? Holding out, drinking coffee. <laughs> well, this we're two in. This is your third one here, so. I like coffee ales. I just don't like coffee. Huh. Coffee porters, coffee ales, coffee stouts. I just don't like coffee itself. To me, that seems kind of weird, but hey, whatever. I know, but some people don't like tomatoes and eat pasta with spaghetti sauce. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not getting much from anything from the flavor. Maybe a little cinnamon. Yeah, definitely more of the spice notes and the taste. Um, more cinnamon than the previous two. Probably a little bit of nutmeg and um, maybe a hint of clove. I could see that. I definitely taste the nutmeg right off the bat. <clears throat> I'm not getting really much coffee, though. I'm not getting any coffee. Most of the time, no. coffee, if they have coffee in the name, they actually have... A strong coffee from the beans, so I'd be interested to see what they use to brew it. Excuse me. Well, I guess they just have to cut a couple beans of coffee in there when they're brewing it to say it's a coffee beer sometimes, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, well, you're the home brewer, Mayor. What would the ratio be to put a coffee adjunct in a beer? I'm not sure because I've never done one. I know that it wouldn't, to me, it wouldn't convert to sugar, so... I wouldn't see that that would raise the alcohol volume. 
I'd have to check with some friends and see. Or some of our listeners may know what the ratio would be and could tell us. And with that, that's a great segue. If you know what, <laughs> how to infuse coffee into a beer, leave a note on our Instagram page, at Upstate Beer Boys. So the funny thing is we've had three different uh, pumpkin coffee beers. And true to consistency with pumpkin beers, not a lot of pumpkin taste, but yeah. just a lot of pumpkin spice taste. Right, and the only one that had like a significant pumpkin was the aroma of the Elysian. It's funny how you get a smell of one thing and a taste of another. <laughs> it is true, but I think that kind of makes the beer more complex when your aroma and flavor differ. Complexity, confusing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We'll set aside the pumpkin season and we'll check in with the OG of the upstate, the great Tom from Thomas Creek Brewery, the oldest, current oldest, in the upstate region of South Carolina. Keep it right here and check out Thomas Creek Brewery. We'll be right back. Well, it's been two months since I drank a little too much Said the wrong thing, so she packed up her stuff Moved down to Mississippi, told her friends she never loved me Said I was another muddle, long-haired hillbilly I'm sitting here, drowning in a cold beer And I won't tell her you saw me Upstate Beer Boys Podcast. With us today is the owner of Thomas Creek here in Greenville, South Carolina. First off, Tom, thank you for inviting us. So most people in the beer world know that you have the oldest brewery in the upstate, but can you tell us what made you get into brewing? I was in the restaurant business uh, starting in 1982, and uh, the restaurant I was in was in Haywood Mall, and there was a place downstairs that was called International Cafe. And we would go down there, and at the time there were no craft beers in this market, so we would go down there and try different beers from around the world, because uh, they had probably a hundred beers at any point in time. And I fell in love with what I consider to this day better beer. Um, and during that period of time, uh, a friend of mine that was from out west said you ought to try home brewing, and I had no idea what it was, and uh, uh, started doing some research and bought every book I could find on the subject and if anybody knows who I am really I when I put myself into something I go all in and uh, after about a year and a half of brewing I started home brewing uh, and then in 94 I was working at a restaurant downtown called Henny's and uh, the brew pub laws changed to allow brew pubs and the owner of the restaurant wanted to put in the equipment and start brewing our own beer so liking my beer, he asked me if I would be interested. And uh, my dad and I got together. My dad mostly, as far as financial, bought the equipment and leased it to the restaurant. And that was pretty much the start of Thomas Creek. It was actually a leasing company at the beginning. Uh, after three and a half years of that, we parted ways. Uh, I think everybody was ready to get out of the restaurant business at that point. And, uh, 
we decided to build a brewery. And at that point in time, breweries are nowhere near what they are today in this market. Uh, back then, you could only sell outside your doors. You couldn't have anybody in and couldn't definitely sell beer for on-premise consumption. Uh, but the, the beginning was, was back in 1982 at, at uh, uh, International Cafe. So what year did you actually open up Thomas Creek? 1998, July of 1998. So now that we know your backstory on your brewing experience and where it all stemmed from, is there anything that you can tell us about your brewery that people may not know? Well, a lot of, a lot of things that uh, you know, we don't sell in, out in the market uh, that uh, distribution just hasn't picked up. Um, you know, beers like Akusa Mathanda Luca, which is a, a sour cherry stout on nitro. Uh, things like that that people really don't know we make unless you come here to, to, to drink them or have them. Uh, so we have a, uh, quite a few beers like that that we only offer on site and very few other places out in the market if, if, uh, if somebody wants it. All right. Well, since you are the oldest brewery in Greenville and you touched a little bit on it just a little bit ago, uh, what is your thoughts on the scene when you first opened up in 98 versus the scene now? Scary. <laughs> um, you know, we had a battle. I knew it was coming, but we really didn't anticipate how hard it was going to be. Um, selling craft beer to people who had no idea what it was was a tough road to hope, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, Again, in, in, when I was at Henny's, I was trying to get people, I was already training people, if you will, uh, to drink better beers. Um, and I feel like the, the, it has come a long way in that 23 years. And uh, you know, we were kind of behind the times with North Carolina, for instance. You know, North Carolina blossomed so much early uh, and that's kind of finally filtered in our direction, uh, which is a good thing, obviously, for any craft beer uh, establishment, whether they be on-site or distributed or, or whichever. Were you the first in this upstate region? We actually were not. Um, the first brewery that opened up was called Reedy River Brewing Company. It was in Greer. Okay. Um, nobody's ever heard of it for the most part. But I'm it, from it, Greer, born and raised. <laughs> <laughs> but it actually, it was open about three and a half years before we opened and closed about the time we opened. Um, and in fact, the, the, the final, uh, as far as I'm, as far as I, my knowledge is concerned, uh, the final brewer for Greedy uh, River Brewing Company was actually Ben Pearson, who owns Swamp Rabbit. Swamp Rabbit, okay. Up in Traveler's Rest. Um, to add to that, so we'll kind of, since they closed down, we'll kind of grandfather you into the <laughs> new oldest. Well, we, we say they were the oldest in green. Ah, gotcha. Well, and I the messed oldest. up. I said the upstate. <laughs> right, yeah, you well, you are the oldest. 
<laughs> we are the oldest distributing brewery in the upstate of South Carolina. Yes. So to that, since you are the godfather, so to speak, of craft in the region, uh, and a lot of breweries, as Steve had said, have uh, taken to you to learn to learn the reins. Um, who do you think that's since come up is kind of next closest to it to challenge your throne? Um, well, there are a lot actually, um, and I don't want to say that one in particular over the other. Uh, but uh, you know, we've got several that that I consider some of. Uh, some of the better brewers, brewers that have come out of here uh, would be, you know, Magnetic South one, uh, which is uh, everybody knows him as cousin. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> then you've got uh, uh, Kenny Driggers is another one that uh, he he's done well for himself. He went to North Dakota for a extent of time and. Help build a brewery up there, run it for a couple of years, and he decided he wanted to come back home or come back to this area. And he's now involved in at least three breweries. Uh, so silo. Folks, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. It's Silo, uh, Five Points, and uh, Double Stamp. So, oh. folks, remember that name, Kenny, because you may hear it multiple times. But in this area, those, those are, you know. The ones that that kind of ring true. You've got uh, Whit Lanning out of uh, the North Carolina market that's uh, burning blush, and uh, you know we've I've even got some people out of Florida that, that came through early on. Matt Manty, uh, who is with uh, hmm, I just lost the name. He just won a gold medal on one of his beers in G at GABF. Okay. I'll think of the name in a second. <laughs> Sorry. So odd breed. Sorry, odd who, breed. No, odd breed. Yeah, odd breed out of uh, Florida. Yeah. Nice. So, as we're talking about your seniority, and Chase was talking about the Godfather of breweries or beer. So, you brewed a beer a little while back called As Your Senior. So what was the premises behind that? Because everyone is, most people in the beer, craft beer, has seen the can, mm -hmm. but I don't think a lot of people know the story. So can you tell us the story behind that can? Well, actually, Adam Willier came to me with the idea of doing a collaboration with uh, basically the history of this brewery uh, and people who've been through it. And most of the the, well, everybody that's on the can, obviously, is still in the industry, whether they own the brewery or work at a brewery, uh, run a brewery. Um, and we all came back together kind of as a brotherhood, and, and uh, they, they they came up with the name, had a artist do the artwork, um, which I love. It, it looks like a steam trunk. And uh, they asked me to do the recipe. And they asked me for a, basically an imperial uh old school West Coast IPA. And that's what I was aiming for. <laughs> that leads into my next question. Um, prior prior to what we just talked about, it was my understanding that you did do a lot of collaborations and you've made a lot, and I know you've made some unique specialty beers for local restaurants and eateries. 
Um, what was your favorite? What's your favorite kind of one-off beer that you've made previously? Oh, and also, who's been your favorite venue to collab with? As an example, like a one-off beer, I, a few months back I had the um, one you made specialty for City Range. Right. Yeah, that's the longest running one. We've done that for uh, pretty much 23 years. It was the first first one we really did. Um, Corey Wilkes, uh, who is the owner of uh, City Ranch, came to me and asked me to create a couple of beers for him, and uh, we did. And it's that has been a fun one uh, to keep going, especially how long it's been going. So. That's that's probably dear to my heart overall because of, of the longevity of it. Right. Yes. And with that in note, is it them or if it is them, maybe name someone else that you've had the most fun with, whether it's a venue or brewery, whoever it may be, just uh, make the be beer what the be beer was. The, between the name and the beer itself and the fun we had doing it, uh, Holy City. Okay. Um, we did one uh, called Guava Me Pink. <laughs> which is a guava-infused uh, Berlin of ice, basically. It's really, really good, and one year we'll make it here, one year they make it there. Uh, and we haven't, had, we haven't had the chance to make it through COVID, but uh, we've, we'd like very much this spring to make it again. Uh, but that's overall probably one of my overall favorites. I went to Holy City earlier this year. Their, their building is kind of similar feel to yours as well. Yeah. Big warehouse spread out. Oh. Big bar area. That's yeah. their new building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they've, they've got a neat facility down there now. For sure. So, I'm going to jump off the beer and they'll jump right back on when I get through talking. But I want to talk about the food. So, you have a pretty decent menu for a brewery. Mm -hmm. So, can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to open up, I guess, like a micro restaurant inside your brewery? Well, I mean, the, the law changed and allowed us to, for one. Um, and the, when that law changed, if I want to have someone have the ability to drink more than three beers a day, you have to have a DHEC permit. Okay. Well, my background, again, at Ruby Tuesdays, was in the restaurant business. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a foodie, so to speak. I've always, you know, my, my mother and grandmother have always kind of instilled uh, making food in my life. So it just kind of came naturally, so to speak. And, you know, I, I didn't want just your run of the mill, just packaged food stuff. Uh, so that's kind of why I, came up with the menu, like for instance, the Reuben. Um, we tout that Reuben is one of the best in the state of South Carolina, to be honest with you. Um, so ordered that for all <laughs> of us. <laughs> Big <Yeah>. claims. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we'll, I'll stand by it, trust me. Uh, but it's, you know, um, it's fairly unique. It's just got a, it's got pumpernickel and rye. And when I cut it, I twist them. So one side's brown and one side's Okay. The, the rye, and it has grill marks on it, and and it's really good. Like um, a swirled ice cream. What's that? <laughs> like a swirled ice cream. 
But it, yeah, but it's not. It's yeah. Um, okay, so we're gonna cut to a commercial break. So Tom, go make us a Reuben sandwich because he is the cook. No, okay. But, but yeah, we. I try to make my all most of my own sauces. Some you, there's no sense in making because they're just as good the, the way they are. Uh, but uh, you know, we we I try to make it as as unique and you know you're not going to find everything that we make everywhere else. So I shared nachos, the beef nachos, and the sweet potato tater tots. Mm-hmm. And the beef nachos, for the price, the proportion was huge. <laughs> and you were talking about a, a place that you used to work at. I got nachos from them one time, and it was like 12 bucks, and it was a little bitty plate, and I was going, where's the nachos at? Well, so that that amazes me. Well, Ruby, Ruby Tuesdays in the day had nachos like that. They were right. built. Which is so, what the inspiration came from. So real quick, it's my last question for this segment. That sauce that you used, the dipping sauce, mm-hmm. it tasted like a like a honey mustard, but then it didn't have the mustard taste to it. Oh, you're it talking was, about for the sweet tots? Yes, it was sweet. Oh, I thought it did. Honeyish. I didn't taste it. <laughs> it's honey mayo. Honey mayo, okay. That makes sense. It does, because it was just creamy and perfect. Yeah. And they were both looking at it like, what is that? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to try it. That's the Again, first it's one of those, like, more, it's more, one of those things you're not going to find everywhere. So, right. You know, that's kind of unique here. Um, and Galibray sandwich um, and the uh, Southwest or the uh, smoked cheddar burger both have that sauce on it. Okay. So. Nice. Now, going back to that law you said that allowed you to have food here, mm-hmm. um, I'm originally from Connecticut, and last year during COVID, for breweries to open, they needed to be able to serve food on premise. So that was a law that was already established, and it wound up bailing out several places right. to get their business back up and running. So do you know anything more about that law as to why that was kind of a barrier to get across to, to get being able to allow to have food as opposed to what already there and it wound up being come in handy later and in and on top of that was that a big was the food was the ability to serve food a big helping point to get you through last year and get you reopened oh definitely I mean we uh, it, it's one of those things that that if you have food people typically will stay around a little longer your, your you know your ticket uh, sales go up, uh, so you know your income is increased just sheerly because you have people staying around. They they eat, they drink more beer, and on another basis for you know, keeping the dram laws in in place, you're you're giving someone something some sustenance mm-hmm. to uh, to to allow them not to drink or over drink without eating. So soak up the juice exactly. <laughs> um, so that 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 has a lot to do with it, um, but as far as the the law and how it came about, the Stone Bill is where it came from. Uh, stone Bill. Stone Bill, um, and it allowed the, the Stone Brewery brewery was coming to several different states and wanted to. You know, the laws didn't fit what they wanted to do, um, so they were asking the government to change the laws, 
and uh, that did happen in this state. And one of the things was allowing breweries to have food and serve it on site along with beer. Um, and before that, you had to be a brew pub to do that. But if you were a brew pub, you couldn't distribute. So it opened up a lot of a lot of avenues for breweries. Do you think that the process of getting that law passed was helped due to the fact that Stone is such a big name? Like oh, if there was like a smaller place, do, do you think the government would have been like, yeah, whatever, piss off? No, I definitely think that had a lot to do with it, for sure. Yeah. They weighed in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's their livelihood. Yeah. It was their livelihood that was being messed with. All right, so we've talked about the history. <clears throat> We've talked about the food, so let's talk about the beer. So I'm having the uh, Doppelbach Lager, mm -hmm. and it started off with the River Falls Red Ale, which is one of my favorites. Um, I'm curious to know, since you're the the founder and the brewer, what is your favorite beer? It does change seasonally. I'm mm -hmm. gonna be honest with you. Um, my favorite day to day is our Red Ale. Um, I love my IPA but I don't want it every day. Um, Doppelbach is actually my father's favorite beer, and I love it. I love using Doppelbach to cook with. It's a mm. great beer to cook with. Chili. Um, and I actually have it in the, 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 uh, the pretzel dip that we use. It's actually in there um, and part of, part of the recipe. But uh, like for instance today, uh, Galibrae, which is a beer that we developed for the Scottish, the Greenwood Scottish Games, uh, which two years in a row they haven't had, but we did have a little party out here uh, and still made uh, some of the beer, um, and uh, it's still it's just about wrong, but uh, right now that's what I'm drinking um, and what I like. Normally we would have Oktoberfest next, which is what I would switch to. This year we did not do Oktoberfest due to COVID um, and several other different reasons, um, but uh, that's normally what I would go to next. Uh, but if I'm at home and ready to relax a lot, I will occasionally find a, a stray bottle of Bull Sluice, and that probably is one of the best beers I've ever brewed, to be honest with you. Well, you just took my beer because that's the beer I'm drinking. <laughs> this is the very first Scottish ale that I have ever drank. Right. I'm an IPA and stout guy year-round. doesn't matter if it's winter, fall, whatever. But, um, yeah, this it's really good. I like it a lot. It's actually got uh, peated malt in it, so it's okay. the real traditional style. It's really good. It's really smooth. Thank you. I heard a rumor that the Scottish Games were going to be coming to Woodruff. That may be possible. I'm, I'm not aware of that. You got kicked out of Furman? You got kicked out of Furman? We'll talk off record. <laughs> well, you know how Facebook and Instagram right. and... Start rumors. Start rumors, yeah. Yeah, pretty much if... Uh, Jay Spivey doesn't tell me. Then <laughs> he's he's the he's the one that would know for me. 
Well, I should have prepared for better questions today, but uh, kind of got lost in the phone. You touched up earlier that you say you like your IPA, but you have two or three of different IPAs. Correct. Um, which one is your favorite? Because I am not an IPA guy, mm -hmm. but I will tell you, your Class 5 IPA, I tried it, and I actually like it. Okay. You know, I, I do like the hazies a little bit more, but the Class 5 is by far the best regular IPA I've had. Okay. So, which I mean, one? we kind of call it an East Coast style IPA, which may or may not really exist. <laughs> um, but out of all of the beers that we've ever made, that one has changed the most. Um, and that's, for a better word, keeping up with the Joneses. Um, when we first put that beer out, it was 43 IBUs. And at that point in time, in this market, people were saying, wow, that's too hot. Um, that's basically the same IBUs as a Sierra Nevada pail. Mm -hmm. And as we all know, the, the, the hop bitterness has gone up, up a large ladder over the last few years. And uh, now it's sitting right about 80 IBUs. Uh, but the whole thing is I want it to be a smoother back end. I don't want it to punch you in the throat. And uh, that, that's the whole premise behind that beer. Well, I can appreciate that because I do not like beers that punch me in the face or in the throat for that matter, especially in the gut, so thank you. We're working on him with the hazy IPAs and IPAs. It's a work in progress. We, we drink at each other's houses and stuff like that. But. Just try to share. He bring, uh, the sage bring, or not sage, the producer brings IPAs over for us to try and Wayne's getting there. Right. Well, tropical and, and more uh, aromatic and flavored hop beers are what are really trending now. And that includes the hazies, uh, fruited IPAs, things like that are, are a big, big hit these days too. Yeah, I actually had one yesterday that you had brewed. Trop pop. Yep. We're, we're no longer brewing that here. They've moved on. <laughs> you called the uh, IPA before an East Coast IPA. Is that to differentiate from New England style IPA? Well, it's more differentiating from West Coast. Uh, a little less grapefruity, um, a, little le a little more malty, uh, a little less dry is, is the way I'd describe the, again, if it exists, East Coast IPA. How, how would you differentiate between that recipe versus a lager? Um, well, the hops for one. You know, you're doing a standard lager, and yes, you can have a, a hoppy lager, and we've made those as well. Uh, but most of the time, a, a true IPA against a lager is going to be, you know, again, more back-end bitterness, uh, and a lager is going to be more crisp overall taste uh, and body. So it's, uh, typical lagers are going to be a little, little not as heavy, I guess is one way I could say it. Uh, but mainly on the hop end, they're not going to be as hoppy. All right, big question, what everyone wants to know. What in your eyes, and be boastful, be humble, whatever you want to do, what in your eyes is the legacy of Thomas Creek Brewery in this lexicon of South Carolina craft beer? 
I mean, to be quite honest with you, we, we, I think I've paved a lot of roads. Um, and uh, I'm hoping that we continue to do so. And you know, I've, I've always tried to help as much as I can. I mean, everybody that knows me knows if they call me and ask me where to find something or how to do something, they know I'll, I'll if, if I know, I'll tell them. You, not just Tom, you might even drive them. <laughs> Next up uh, is a little something that we do between ourselves called What Are We Drinking? Where we go around the table, we share some beer, we talk about it, talk about our thoughts, and uh, sometimes we like to bring in the guest and ask, get their thoughts on their beer that we're drinking. So, uh, Wayne, what do you want to go into about what you ordered today? Well, as we touched on earlier, the River Falls Red Ale is one of my favorite beers overall and definitely my favorite red ale um, the Doppelbach lager that I have is great um, but I do have a question on one of your other beers that you make with uh, in conjunction with the Rise Guys the mm -hmm. P1 Pilsner yep. um, is that something that's going to be a long term production or? I mean we hope so um, I mean, that's that's kind of up to them as more than me. Uh, it's, uh, we'll, we'll keep making it as long as they want us to. I like the uh, tagline, it's the best beer on the planet because it's planet 93.3, right. but you know, as a Pilsner, it is one of the great ones and maybe I can get uh, Chase to drink <laughs> one and like it because he is not a Pilsner fan. I tend to like my beers a little more crea on the creative side. <laughs> Not to snob at fundamentals, oh, but <laughs> yeah, that that beer originally was called. It was a recipe that we had already. That was called Das Boot, and it's a uh, like a more of a uh, Bavarian style, uh, Bohemian style, excuse me, uh, style pilsner. So, I mean, he, all different pilsners have a, a little different uh, quality to them, and that one is more. A little less hoppy. It's got a little bit of malt in it, you know, so still, uh, still in that craft realm. Have you ever had somebody pour it in one of the glass boots, like in Beer Fest, and turn <laughs> it up and to the side when it gets to the bottom to avoid the bubble? <laughs> when it was Das Boot, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I honestly did not pay attention to the name of the beer that I was drinking. I just ordered one because of the name. The first one I had was Golden Something. It was number six maybe. And it was very sweet, like kind of a citrusy, but it, it had a really good flavor. Oh, um, that is Citrus Tsunami. Okay. I know it was really good. <laughs> it's based on a Blondale style. Blonde, okay, blunt, yeah. yeah. And uh, so it's not going to be very hoppy. Um, and uh, it's infused. We've got two different versions of it I, uh, uh, Citrus Tsunami and uh, just lost it. Anyway, but we have two, they're, they're, they're fruit infused. Right, I saw that. Yeah. Fruit infused Blondale, I right. think, is what it said. And then I had the Barbarian, or not Barbarian, the... Xyphos, the Barbarian? No, it was the one you were just talking about for the Scottish Games. Oh, it's the, the Galibray. It's the very yeah. first Scottish ale I've ever drank, and it was really good, too. Okay. 
note about Scottish shells, I've noticed, and I didn't have it today, but I'm, I will get it in the future because I've noticed that those are a lot more prevalent down here than what I'm used to up north. Right. I don't notice those kind of in the variety further north, there, but I've noticed you're at least the third brewery I know that I've seen it or had it down here right. that has that on their menu or had on at one point or another depending mm -hmm. on the season. Well, part of the reason is uh, there, there, a lot of the the, uh, the people down here like multi-style beers too. Um, so you kind of have to hit both markets uh, and that's sometimes hard to do to get it right on key. But, yeah. Uh, like we we're always asked about our porter and why we don't brew it anymore. But we we had it on the market and it was very well received, but it wasn't selling well enough. So we had to. There's been a, several beers like that over the years that we've we've uh, canceled. I mean, it's literally because they're just not selling, even though regardless of how good they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the two that I had today, and forgive me if I butcher this, I'm going to try my best was one you referenced before, Okusama Thandaluka. Okusama Thandaluka. Oh, close. Yeah, that good. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nitro cherry stout, yep. if I'm remembering correctly. And sour. Nitro. Sour. Yeah. Nitro sour cherry stout. Yep. And I got a lot of the cherry and the aroma, and the initial mouthfeel of it was kind of like that dry nitro thing. But then it settled into more of like a wetter chocolate type of flavor to me. And my flavor palette tends to be on Mars sometimes. Gotcha. But that one was like super smooth going down. Um, and then I kind of had to rush it at the end because I needed to get another pour ready ready for our <laughs> interview. And I had the Hasta Luager. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not, as yeah, we already touched on, I'm not a don't tend to rush too much towards traditional styles because I like a little something extra oh. in it, but this is solid. I, I, I can definitely sip on this and not be upset about it. Well, it's more of a, a little bit more of a hot weather beer. You know, I don't want to say more beer, but <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, you know, it's built around a, just a, a light style lager. But, uh, we do pretty well with that. Well, is there anything that you want to tell our listeners before we wrap up the end of our show? All I can say is drink local. Absolutely. As much as you can. Because uh, it's helping this market and everyone in it. That's one of the reasons that we're doing this because we all love beer. And I can't speak for all of us, but we all love beer and the thing about there, there's breweries all over the place and I've had some people ask us when are we going to go to North Carolina when are we going to go to Georgia and do interviews I want to keep it local for now right. because this is where we live and support local as you just said so are there any events upcoming events you want to push either at the brewery or in the community at large that you have a tie to? Well, the only one that we have coming up anytime soon is this coming weekend. Uh, we have uh, MMA fights in the parking lot. Um, and, okay. Uh, it's live, so it's not on 
television. And uh, you know, I'll be, again, bringing food into it. I'll be cooking a limited menu on that day. Uh, certain certain things I don't always have, which is our barbecue, bratwurst. Uh, we're going to have a chicken sandwich available as well. And then first time I've ever cooked a uh, vegan taco. Oh. And it is fully vegan with uh, cauliflower breaded. And uh, it's my, my son and I, neither one, are vegans. And I would eat it hmm. all day. <laughs> but uh, that's that's this weekend starting, I believe, at 4 o'clock is when the, when the uh, gates open. And it'll be... They haven't told me exactly yet, but anywhere from 10 to 12 fights. Okay. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of our Thomas Creek interview. As always, thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Upstate Beer Boys. Stay with us as Wayne the Sage hosts a segment on Pumpkin Ales. Back road dust blowing in the wind. Pickup trucks start rolling in. Sky turning colors when the sun starts sinking low. Oh, oh, break out of that long week state of mind. Gonna burn a little brush pile wood tonight. Wind chimes ringing, swinging side to side real slow. Oh, oh, and we got Zach Brown playing in the background. Cans and the long necks getting nice now with the stars all shining like a chandelier. It's Friday. Welcome back to the Upstate Beer Boys Podcast. I want to take a second just to give a quick shout out to our friend who wrote us our theme song, Mr. Chris Hitchcock, a very talented singer-songwriter. You can find his music on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, pretty much any music streaming uh, platform. And you can also catch him on Instagram at Chris Hitchcock, spelled K-R-I-S, and then Hitchcock. Chris with a K. There you go. Alright, so keeping up with our fall theme, you know, have you ever wondered why we started cutting up pumpkins and putting candles in them? I mean, I know it's something I did when I was a kid, and I did with my kids when they were kids, but, you know, I never knew the why. Uh, what about y'all? I definitely uh, partake. Part, what's the past tense for partake? Um, I, I definitely took part in the... Uh, Tradition, long honored tradition of cutting jack o' lanterns open. Um, certainly did my fair share of trick or treating. Um, I never got too much into mischief night, but it's definitely Halloween was definitely something I was knees deep in growing up. Pumpkin, I love pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is one of my favorite pies. Well, we made a tradition every year to carve a pumpkin. And now that I have a daughter, we do a tradition of carving and painting pumpkins. So you paint the face of the pumpkin as opposed to carve out the face. So like today at our church, we had pumpkin painting that I had to go to. And well, I didn't have to go to, but I, <laughs> I was there. I, I needed to go, but... 
So they pick a pumpkin out of the pumpkin patch because the church has a pumpkin patch to raise money for the church. And you pick a pumpkin, take it over the table, and you paint it of all the kids that go to that church. Instead of carving it, it lasts longer. And it gives it gives them a longer time to enjoy their pumpkin. Yeah, that's true. It's not open to oxidation and rot. Right. Well, that's cool. You know, uh, I definitely did that with my kids as well when they were younger. Um, well, did you know the practice of cutting uh, or carving up uh, vegetables or fruits into what we now call jack-o'-lanterns actually started in Ireland. Yeah. And, and, you know... Do tell. Well, the funny thing is, is that uh, they didn't have pumpkins, so they were carving up turnips, potatoes, and large beets. Hmm. So... And they were doing it to put a scary face on to scare with the evil spirits, but I don't know about you, but I've never seen a uh, turnip or potato or a beet that was as large as a pumpkin, so I don't know how many they scared. Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you, a co-worker of mine tried to grow, uh, grow grew zucchinis in her garden, and they were a lot bigger than any zucchini behind the grocery store, so who knows well, how big a turnip could get if, you, if you're growing it in the backyard and... Probably watering them more than these uh, big time box brand supermarkets do. Gotcha. Well, you know, when the uh, people that immigrated from Ireland to the U.S., they discovered that the pumpkins were much bigger than what they had at home. So that's when they started carving pumpkins to uh, put those scary faces in to award away the evil spirits. So, and now we've got jack o' lanterns and pumpkin everything so <laughs> uh, which is better than potato I guess you know uh, I don't potato? know I, kinda, I don't know I, I kind of like potato all the different varieties you could do with a potato I don't I, I like as much as I love pumpkin pie I think I'd probably prefer potatoes being used in versatile ways over a pumpkin being used in versatile ways so you're telling me you'd want a potato spice latte <laughs> I don't think I'd want that but I also don't think I'd want a pumpkin spice latte because, as we've discussed before, I'm not a big coffee fan. Mm. So speaking of that, you know, it, it's lately over the past uh, few years that in the fall season comes up, pumpkin everything comes up. Uh, <laughs> and there's no shortages of pumpkin beers out there. Uh, you know, as you guys know, I'm kind of late to this craft beer thing. Is we just sampled a few of them, actually, in this show. Has that been like a long-term thing, or is that something that's relatively new, or and you guys know? What doing pumpkin beers? Yeah, pumpkin everything. Or uh, it was pumpkin pumpkin beer. So. If I'm not mistaken, it was the early '80s when the first beer was brewed with pumpkin. What What do you got? I mean, the he's, he's pretty close to that. Yeah. The first one I remember having and liking was the Southern Tier Pumpkin. And that was several years ago that I had it for the first time, 2013, 2014. So what was the first beer made with pumpkin? Papa Wayne? Papa Wayne. Well, it might be before the two of you were born. Uh, well, that's possible. <laughs> Try me. You're pretty young. 1985. My birth year! Bill Owens of Buffalo Bills Brewery in Haywood, California. Uh, t- 
took a recipe that supposedly came from uh, George Washington himself and made the first commercially brewed pumpkin ale in the U.S. So I guess that makes him the uh, gourd father of pumpkin. Oh! Zinger! Actually, it's, that's funny because George Washington, you typically think of what's the old story you hear in history class, the apple tree. The apple cherry, tree, chopping apple, it down. Yeah. Cherry, cherry tree. So it? it's funny enough, George Washington played an integral role in um, pumpkin and not apples. So a little history. I've never heard of that that brewery. So Buffalo Bill's Brewery is the U.S.'s first brew pub. Okay. The oldest cool. brew pub. Okay. I guess uh, brew pubs we'll get into a later and, episode on that. And it's featured in the Smithsonian as the America's, oh, America's first brew pub. There you go. I might have to look for that the next time I go there. I have, I, last time I was there was several years ago, but I wasn't looking for things like that. So that's actually it, something. It I is in Hayward, for. California. Oh, not the D.C. Smithsonian? Not the Smithsonian? No, no, I mean, it's the brewery, the brew pub. Oh, Hayward, I California. Gotcha. I gotcha, I gotcha. See, I thought when he said next time he goes to California, he's going to look up the brew pub. That's what I thought he was talking about, too. Oh, no, I was talking about Smithsonian. <laughs> I it was mm. Smithsonian. That's a lot easier to get to on a oh, limb. They make, they make an orange blossom cream ale, Wayne. We might have to check that out. <laughs> What's Wayne's thoughts on the cream ale? <laughs> Not to get too far off topic. That's pretty far off topic. Uh, <laughs> Females are not bad. And real quick, so while we're talking about this particular brewery, because they are the oldest brew pub, if any of our listeners have access to this particular beer and can help us to get the beer, please reach out to one of our Instagram pages or reach out to us on Upstate Beer Boys Instagram page. Or shoot us an email at upstatebeerboys at gmail.com. All right, so we've talked about pumpkins and whatnot, and it's, you know, it's fall, so it's more than just, you know, jack-o'-lanterns and pumpkins. It's known for various activities and holidays. So I'm going to ask the two of you, what's your favorite beer for each one? And um, so it's September. Uh, one of the biggest things in fall is football season. So... Uh, Stephen, what's your, uh, what's an idea, what's a good idea, for, what's your uh, favorite tailgate beer? Dockside Pilsner from Thomas Creek. <coughs> Easy drinking, low ABV, uh, strong honey flavor, sweet, very refreshing, and that is my go-to tailgating beer. That's a very good choice from a very good brewery. Maybe we can get to Chase on board with that one. Uh, you know, you might be able to because if I'm going to tailgate, as much as I don't like to drink beers that are just, let me just drink the beer to drink a beer, when it comes to a tailgate thing, I'm more engaged in the environment. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of tailgate barbecue and a little bit of beer pong, flip cup, whatever the case may be, kind of just soaking up the social environment, that sort of thing. So I don't, 
I'm already not in a position to really like drink the beer and divulge into what I like about it, what the what it smells like, what the flavor profile is. So Wayne likes to make fun of me a lot because I don't like macros. When I'm just tailgating and just like don't want to think about what I'm drinking, I might go I might go with the macro. So I might grab a twelve pack of Mick Ultra and call it a day. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Never saw that one coming. I didn't see it coming either. I'm sitting over here with my eyes wide open going, holy cow, Mr. IPA himself is going with the macro beer. Stoutmaster comes out with the Mick Ultra. Yeah. Well, unless it's December 17th, even a stout's a little too heavy for uh, an autumn football game. Especially, especially and, in the South. Yeah. <laughs> and especially if you're trying to drink five of them. <laughs> well, you know, besides football, we have the changing of the seasons, which means it's getting cooler out, which is... Kind of. Much, much, <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're getting into the low temperatures by next weekend. We'll be in the 50s, so... Oh, gosh, 50s. And, and low temperatures to you guys is a lot still warmer than low temperatures to what I'm used to. <laughs> well, you know, since we're getting those cooler evening temperatures, that's the right time to get a good fire pit going. So, yes, sir. Chase, what would be a good pick for if you were sitting at a bonfire or a fire pit? What would you envision having in your hand? Besides a s'mores on the end of a twig? <laughs> That's true. Well, hey, if you leave it in the fire long enough, you could be liquid enough to drink it. <laughs> um, <sighs> I'm sure there's a brewery that has made a s'mores. There is. I've had one. I've had one. It's from, uh, I think they're in Massachusetts. The Massachusetts. It's, um, I. oh gosh, I'm blanking on the name right now, but I can picture the can. It's got like little marshmallow men. With flame pitchforks and graham crackers on their heads. I've had one, too, from Georgia. Iron something. I remember that now. Hmm. I have to look that up. A friend gave it to me in our beer group. And it had a flaming marshmallow on the stick. (laughs) Like Lord of the Flies. Um, You know, sitting around a campfire, a bonfire... You See, the thing is, that radiates a lot more heat than people realize when they're thinking of it um, metaphorically. So I don't want to have anything heavy in that situation. So I don't know if I'm going to go as light as Pilsner, but at the same time, I think I would go with my old favorite, the peach wheat, something like a wheat ale. You know, the previous one, he called out the macro milk white, and I heard him say Pilsner. I'm thinking, who is this guy? Who is this this producer? Hey, before I forget it, the one I was talking about is Ironmonger. Ironmonger. Okay. In Georgia. In Georgia. And it's toasted marshmallow winter stout. And it's a campfire with a marshmallow with a flaming head. I like it. (laughs) He's on fire! He's, He's on, on fire. fire! This beer is on fire! Right, so, same question. If you're at a, sitting in the backyard with a nice little fire pit going or whatnot, what do you see sitting in your hand ready to drink? Is it that one? <laughs> Definitely a stout or a porter. 
something dark. Oh, you brave man. I tip my cap to you. Why? <laughs> because that is a heavy beer to drink sitting around flames coming out of your face. Depending on how close you are. You I mean, when I come fire. to a bonfire, I sit pretty close. I don't sit real close. <laughs> well, I'm also from 20 degree winter, so okay. you do tend to sit pretty close. Well, just just a side note, you'll realize living in the south, in the dead of the winter, you'll walk out in the morning, and you'll have to put a jacket on. But by oh, five o'clock, okay. you'll take your jacket off. I've noticed that just in the past year. And, yes. and you might you might want to walk around with an umbrella too, just in case. <laughs> But yeah, definitely a stout or a porter, and not all stouts and porters are heavy. There's a uh, dry. What what is the? I'm trying to remember. A brewery in Rockkill has a has a beer, and it's a Blondale, and it's it's a stout. I think I'm pretty sure it's a stout, but it's very creamy and easy to drink. Is it Legal Remedy? Legal Remedy, yep. But I can't remember the name of the beer. But anyway, it's very easy to drink, but it's considered a, a stout. I could never be a lawyer, but I love the legal, the justice system. I, I love learning about it. It's, it's so interesting to me. So, like, Legal Remedy, to, to look at all their beer names, and they all have some kind of judicial theme to the name. Because they're lawyers. Yeah, it's so... Yeah, I don't know. It's, there's something about that that's cool to me. Well, we definitely have to put them on the list. If anybody is listening... Work your mayoral skills, then. Well, if anyone is listening that has contacts from Legal Brewery, Legal Remedy Brewery while we're talking about it, I'd love to talk to somebody, or I can just reach out to them. I don't have a problem doing that either. Cold call. Yep. All right, we mentioned Jack Lanterns earlier. Um, and of course, it's never ever a good idea to have a sharp object in your hand and, and possibly be drinking. But just in case, if you're <laughs> carving a, a pumpkin, uh, what would be a good beer to have while you're sitting there uh, pulling the guts out of the gourd? That's something that I might want to go heavier on. Carving a pumpkin. Because mm-hmm. that's something like. The actual carving of the pumpkin process is something, like, if you really want to make a masterpiece, you're going to be sitting there, you're going to be doing this for a while. You don't want a high ABV beer. Well, but I'm, but you'd be sipping on it, so it would take yeah. a while. So if you're going to spend, like, three hours making sure the pumpkin's perfect, that 12% beer is not going to necessarily feel like a 12% beer because you're not drinking it within a 40-minute period. Well, heck, just go all, go all out. Do a barrel-aged I don't know if I want to do that. (laughs) You're the one talking about doing a high ABV. It's going to take you a long time. It's just going to be a sipper. Go with the barrel age. That is true, but I've learned being down here for a year that the barrel age curve is uh, still coming up a little bit down here as opposed to being more refined where I'm from. So it's uh, the the ones down here are a little bit more uh, boozy, a little, a little more harder to hit. <laughs> what about you there? Uh, I would go with my my everyday drinker, Elvis juice, Mister Elvis. And the reason being is because it's not high ABV. I need to have a steady hand so that I'm going to carve a pumpkin, and it's 
like Chase was talking about, it's probably going to take a long time because I don't want to just do the old school like our parents did with us. Two triangle eyes, triangle, <laughs> triangle, triangle, triangle for the mouth, <laughs> interlocking. So, yeah, I just go with my go-to Elvis juice from BrewDog. Elvis juice is a solid go-to beer, though. I will say, I got to give, as far as go-to beers are concerned, I guess, definitely got to tip my hat to you because Elvis juice is a solid go-to beer. Speaking of, from I'll a- be right back. I'm going to grab one out of the fridge. <laughs> from across the pond. Very quick trip. Is it? I, I've been to Europe. That is not a quick flight. Oh, <laughs> oh, he's got fast feet. There you go. <laughs> all right. So after all the decorations up and whatnot, it's time for that your your seasonal Halloween party. So, all right, Stephen, you got the Elvis juice. You got the pumpkin carved. It's time for the Halloween party. What kind of uh, beverage do you have then? A strong bourbon to deal with all the guests. <laughs> I'm actually not gonna. Do, I actually am kind of uh, in that same vein. I mean, if I'm if we're talking about hosting like a real solid party, whether it's a Halloween party, a Christmas party, Thanksgiving party, whatever the case may be, I want to pour myself some cocktails too. Yeah. <laughs> whether it's a bourbon neat. Whether it's a Bloody Mary, it doesn't matter what it is. I, 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 want the, I want the hard stuff in that situation. No, all, all fairness, I may even go with a macro. I may go with a, a Miller Lite or something that's extremely low ABV so that I can be a proper host. But I would partake in some bourbon at some point in time. <laughs> I'd say a little of both, though. Beer and the bourbon, <clears throat> not together at the same time, of course. All right, Sage. Well, if you're gonna uh, double dip like that, how, what is your mentality going into the party? Are you gonna go light early with the beer and finish it off strong with some liquor, or do you just go heavy early and then just kind of trail it off as the evening progresses? Hold, hold on one second. Because they okay. Nice pop. I just want to get nice that pop. in. Nice <laughs> pop. Well, it depends on if I'm a guest of the party or if I'm hosting the party. No, this is all hosting. I'm hosting. I am going to start light and finish strong. So I'll okay. probably start off with something like uh, maybe like the uh, bush light apple you know, fall festival type. That thing. you had the first time oh. at my house. Yeah. Oh, you know, for, for, for a, it's a very place. very rude of you to bring up apple in his presence. <laughs> He's the one that gave it to me. Well, that is true. Um, and then start off with a night. You know, and finish off with a nice, uh, maybe like a Maker's Mark bourbon or... Nice. All right. Or bullet Make, or, you know, just something nice and smooth. Not as nice. I'm not too big a fan of bullet, bullet but that's okay. <laughs> it's not Jack Daniels or Jim Beam, so... <laughs> what about you there, Mr. Chase? You know what? I had I had a Maker. I, I went out to um, uh, Blues Club the other night. I had a couple glasses of bourbon. Um, I started out with the Makers Forty Six, not the regulars, make, not the regular Makers. And it was, it was, it was more of a, that sweet, not so much of that rye kind of bitter flavor, but it was more sweet, and I, I enjoyed that a lot. And then I, the next one I went to, 
I wanted to try Basil's Hayden for the first time. They had it on, on their list, and they ran out just before I ordered it, of course. So I um, got an uh, old favorite of mine, Woodford Reserve. Sweet type of bourbon, easy to sip on. Not going to kick in the nuts too much. Um, and I was a big fan. I, I, I'm a big fan of Woodford, so that was nice. And they, and they gave you a nice, solid pour of that. So it, it lasted the rest of the evening I spent there. So Actually, that's what I meant to say. Instead of Maker's Mark, that Woodford Reserve is really, really smooth. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Woodford. I mean, I'd take, if you, you just brought a bullet, like I'd take Woodford over bullet uh, most, most days, all days. Most days, all days. <laughs> I've been wanting to try that that one that you was talking about too. The the H basil, whatever Hayden basil. Whatever. Basil's Hayden, yeah. I wasn't something that I was super familiar with, but mm-hmm. like for some for whatever reason, it triggered something in the back of my memory. So Costco has it a lot for good prices. They have a lot of good bourbon, I, but you got to get it oh, the yeah. day they drop it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not opposed to buying liquor at Costco, that's for sure. It's definitely <laughs> cheaper. <laughs> All right, well, for for one, I am glad it's this time of year. It's cooler out, and since I'm here in the Carolinas, it's nice to see the changing of the leaves and have a proper fall and winter season. You're from, you're from Florida, you don't know what that is. Yeah, there's 50 <laughs> weeks of summer and two weeks of like cooler weather. Beauty that any season is it's beer season. Just wanted to give a special thanks to uh, Tom Davis and Thomas Creek Brewery for hosting us and giving and talking to us about the upstate South Carolina beer scene and how they've seen it grow. You know, if you're in the Greenville area, you need to make a trip. You need to make a trip to Thomas Creek Brewery and try their beers and their food. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And with that, that brings us to the end of the Upstate Beer Boys podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening and come back and listen some more. You can keep up to date by checking the Upstate Beer Boys podcast on Instagram. And as always, um, see what interesting beers we are into. Um, we thank you, and we will see you on the next episode. We're just boys. We like beer. We like beer. If you think that that sounds hazy, then Lord, we'll make it clear. Blondales, IPAs, cider stouts in the USA. We're just boys. We like beer. We're just boys. We like beer.